Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. You see, there's nothing hidden to God. Well, I'm going to do this in the room off to the side. My spouse isn't here. My kids aren't here. I'm on a business trip and nobody will know. Hello. God travels pretty fast. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes. And he is the one to whom we are accountable Because we can't see God, it's easy to think we can get away with thinking or doing sinful things. You know, God's so far away, he'll never know. (laughs) In the story Pastor Mark will be teaching from, the Pharisee Simon seems to have thought the same thing as he mentally criticized the woman who poured perfume on Jesus' feet. Jesus, however, soon made it clear that he knew everything Simon thought. He also tried to teach Simon a lesson by the parable he shared. Pastor Mark will be using this story to remind us that God is aware of our thoughts, but more importantly, that we've been given an amazing gift from God. We have an obligation to give likewise. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark as he begins his message, You Have Been Given Much. I want to open with a story that's familiar to some of you. Just the circumstances might be a little different. Both Sue and Judy bought cars at a dealership. Sue bought a new one and they financed it through the dealership. Judy bought a used one. Well, one year later, Sue still owes $25,000 on her car loan. Judy owns $2,500. Again, the used car. All of a sudden, they get in the mail a certified letter from the owner of the dealership. He decided to be generous. Say the word with me this morning. Generous. He decided to be generous, and he wipes out the entire loan debt of Sue and Judy. How many of you would like to be either Sue or Judy this morning? Can I see your hand? Yeah. So when they got that letter and saw it was certified, what kind of reaction would they have? That's good. The rest of you, what is wrong with you? Yeah, we'd go crazy with it, wouldn't we? $25,000 wiped off? I should have bought a more expensive car. That's the first thing we'd have thought about, wouldn't it? Yeah, I know you. Okay. Well, that's one of the key words in the passage that Jesus teaches this morning is the word generous. You see, all through the Bible, we're warned not to be takers, but givers. Because Jesus one time in the Sermon on the Mount said this, you can't serve God and money. 
Money's a big power thing in all of our lives. So we're challenged to be generous with God and, and with others, with our time and our talents and our resources and our money. But we all struggle with that because my old sin nature is not generous. It's a getter. I don't want to be generous with you. But Jesus then later said, we see it in the book of Acts, it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. See, your receiving was exciting. Your give was not too loud. But see, that's what happens. I want you to see these two verses, and I want us to read them together this morning. You know today that everything you have came from God, even your breath. Because when he's done with you, you can put all kinds of people on you. All you want, it's gone. We're gone. So here we are. Let's read it together. Come on. Every generous act, notice the word generous, every generous act and every perfect gift is from where? From above, coming down from the Father of life. So everything that you have, the role model for generosity is who? It's God. He's not a stingy God. He's an incredible generous God. Now let's read Matthew 10, 8. Jesus says this, freely you have received, then what? Freely give. See, you like that. Receive. Freely give. So we're going to see that in a spiritual sense in the story. And then a practical application for all of us. Let me just give you a, a definition of generous. Here it is. Larger, more plentiful than is usual or necessary. Now, the context where we're at, as you've turned to Luke 7.36, that context is simply this. The ministry of Jesus is exploding. He's up in the Galilee area, and he's made Capernaum his home base for ministry. And it's, it's exploding because of his authority and power and grace and truth. Lives were being changed. Sins forgiven, people healed, demons cast out. While Jesus' ministry is exploding, the Jewish religion and the Jewish leaders, they're declining rapidly. Why? The people were sick and tired of rules and regulations and traditions. Everything they talked about was no, 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 no. We just got back from Israel, as you know, and on Shabbat, they have Shabbat elevators. We stayed at, I think it was 18 floor hotel. Well, you don't want to get on that elevator because see, if you push a button on Shabbat, it's work. Did you get that? So when you get on Shabbat elevator, if you're on floor 18, it stops at every floor till it gets to the bottom. You can't push it. It's automatic. Aren't you glad you don't have a Shabbat elevator? Praise God. See, that's minor compared to the things. They always felt condemned. They never were good enough. And when Jesus came with grace, they went, wow, that's refreshing. Now, when you begin to see that, watch what happens. Verse 36. When one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, Jesus went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. Now, that's very interesting because the last time I taught, Jesus said to these same Pharisees, you never listened to John the Baptist sermons and you'll never listen to mine. And remember, Jesus' ministry is going up 
the Jewish religion is going down. Now, why would Simon, his name, the Pharisee, invite Jesus to a luncheon? We really don't know his motive. But he's at this banquet, and notice how he sits. You would recline on your elbow in those days, and all the food would be out there, and your feet would be behind you. You need to know that for what's going to happen in the story. So Jesus is not the only one at the banquet. There's lots of Pharisees, and they're the disciples as well. So they're there in this home. It would be a little uncomfortable because we know that they hated Jesus, but Jesus went anyway. Now look at verse 37. A woman in that town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. Suddenly into this banquet, we have somebody, well, who is not invited, but she comes right into the party. This is not a, a second thought. She brought with her a jar of expensive perfume. So she's thought this out. Evidently, she knew this was going to happen. So she shows up. Now, notice what Luke says about her. If you mentioned her or saw her in this city, everybody knew who she was. Her reputation, a sinner. Small town. Most likely, a prostitute her whole life. So they knew exactly who she was. And she brings this alabaster flask, soft stone, uh, and inside precious and expensive perfume. We don't know exactly which perfume that is, but if it would be nard, that little jar, that little vessel would have held, let's say, a pound of that amazing perfume. That would be one year's salary. So let's say you make $20,000 a year. Would you like to take that and pour that over somebody? It's gone. 20000 Maybe you make fifty a year. Maybe 100 a year. Here's a prostitute that brings a year's worth of perfume. And where is she going to put it? On Jesus. Now watch this. It seems crazy. doesn't make any sense. But you're going to see her generosity. Look at verse 38. Now, let me just stop for a second. Why is she there? We don't really know. Luke doesn't tell us. She's there definitely to honor Jesus and to anoint him with the oil. But we don't know whether she heard the message of Jesus and had already accepted his grace in her heart or she wanted to meet Jesus and hear those words. We'll see those words he'll say to us later. So we don't know whether she's already a believer and Jesus didn't know, or she needed some more explanation, or she was just ecstatic to see that she could change this lifestyle that she had. So into this room she comes and watch what she does. Verse 38. As she stood behind him at his feet, weeping, now, normally you would anoint somebody with a head, but she doesn't go that far. She doesn't want to interfere with Jesus, so his feet are there. She began to wet his feet with her tears. How much emotion would that be? Huge. She's so thankful that she's met Jesus. Then she wiped them with her hair and kissed them and poured perfume on those feet of Jesus. 
What do we see in this woman? We see an amazing boldness. We see her heart, her tears, her humility. She doesn't care what anybody thinks. And we see something else, an incredibly generous gift poured on Jesus. I want you to write these two things down this morning. The woman generously gave first her love and her worship. She understood who Jesus was. And then she generously gave of her resources. She wasn't holding anything back. She didn't care what anybody else thought. And so she's there. And I want you to put yourself at this banquet. You're there. What's going through the mind of the Pharisees? What's going through the mind of Jesus? What's going through the mind of the disciples and the guests that are there? What are they thinking when they see this woman do this? This isn't that a normal thing. What are they thinking? Now, let's go back for a second. You know that one of the greatest uh, enhancers to memory is smell. I remember in 1990, it was my first time to India. And when I got off the plane, there was this smell that just hit you. And it was all these little fires that they cook with. You know, they cook with coal all over, whatever. It's changed some, but not so much today. It's still there. And I just remember that smell going, wow, that, that, that's amazing. Well, I went back a few years later. And as we landed, we hadn't even got the door open yet. I could smell. Man, come back to my memory, all of these kind of things that happened. You know what it is. Smell is a powerful memory enhancer. Well, in that room, picture yourself there. The jar is open. She's pouring this. What would that smell like? Would it be good? It'd be great. It's that Fabrice. Come on now. It's, it's some, come on, come on. Get in the story. It, this, this is saturating the room. Very pleasant. So how are the people going to react with this? Interesting what happens. Now, look at verse 39. Remember, Simon's this Pharisee. Now, when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, keyword, he said to himself. So he's not doing this out loud. He's just thinking this. If this man, Jesus, were a prophet, man, he would have known who was touching him and what kind of a woman she is, that she's a sinner. And what is he saying? And I'm not. Pastor Mark doesn't say that. Oh, it's exactly what he's saying. See, first remember, this Pharisee, because he was a Pharisee, would have never interacted with a sinning woman. They're too good for that. For sure, their pride and self-righteousness would have never allowed her to touch him. Get away from me. You see, they looked upon these people with contempt. I'm better than you. Boy, there's a big lesson from Jesus coming. Now understand, when Jesus walked into a town, was that his attitude toward people? No. In fact, so much so, what was he known as? Finish it with me. A friend of who? Of sinners. Didn't matter who they were. He came to touch everybody. He didn't care who they were. He didn't care their past. He didn't care their background. He didn't care if they had leprosy. He didn't care about any of that stuff. So different. 
So what does that teach us? Now, just before I put this up here, I want you to understand. You and I are Christ followers. Our whole life is to become like Jesus. So we're in this process of becoming like him. So what, what challenge is that to you and me? Here it is right here. Take a look. Jesus is approachable and he's touchable. So what does that mean for me? I have to be approachable. I have to be able to touch people. You see, you have to understand, we don't care who comes. Everyone's welcome. It doesn't matter who comes. Now, they come, and we're going to allow God to change them as he's changed us. I'm so glad we're not in a church that looks at people and looks down at people. Well, you're not like me. Look at that sinner over there. Well, wait a minute. A few years ago, where were you? So aren't you glad we have a church that's open and approachable? And why do we have a church that's like that? Because that's our role model, God. We're not here to point fingers at somebody else. We're here to have God touch our hearts. Now, when you see that, that comes from the Old Testament. Look at this. For we do not have a high priest, Hebrews 4, who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. We're all weak. But we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet without sin. So the only one that's worthy is Jesus, not any of us at all. Now look at the rest of this verse. Because he's approachable, what should I do? Let us then approach the throne of grace with what? Confidence. What has this woman done to Jesus? She's approached him. She's, she's crashed the party. <laughs> but she's approached him with what? Confidence. So that we may receive what? Mercy and grace to help us in our time of need. You know what that approaching is? It's prayer. That's why we're praying. When you pray tomorrow morning, when we come Wednesday night as a, as a whole group, as a family, we can approach the throne of what? condemnation? No, 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 no. The throne of grace. Hallelujah. See, we're not worthy, but I can approach that throne of grace because God cares for us. He's approachable and he is touchable. Now, as you look at that, can I just thank you for being compassionate people? We meet needs of people all over the place through you. Thank you so much. Next week, one can, you can. We do all of that. We go to the places where we might not be comfortable with Jesus. We're fine. You know, I travel the world and I see things that you wouldn't want to even see. But it's just an amazing thing because God gives us a heart of compassion because he's changed us and we can touch them. So did Simon say that out loud? No, he said it to what? Himself. And so he says this to himself. Again, repeat it. If Jesus was a prophet, he'd know this woman's sinful Because he doesn't know who she is, he's not a prophet at all. So he's pretty smirky, you know. He's not a prophet. He's probably not a prophet at all. But you're going to see in a moment, Jesus had just read Simon's mind. And he's going to teach a valuable lesson to prove it. Watch what happens in verse 40. And Jesus answered him. Answered him? That's enough to shock you right out of your shoes there, isn't it? Say what? I didn't say anything. (laughs) And Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher. He's kind of getting it. Here's something you want to write down this morning. Sometimes this is a challenge for us. God 
reads our minds and our hearts. You see, there's nothing hidden to God. Well, I'm going to do this in the room off to the side. My spouse isn't here. My kids aren't here. I'm on a business trip and nobody will know. Hello. God travels pretty fast. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes. And he is the one to whom we are accountable. Did you know Jesus has been reading your mind since the start of this service? Some of you, when I said generous at the start, yeah, oh, great. A stupid service on giving. I should have stayed home and watched Charles Stanley or something. Now, don't raise your hand, but you know who you are. Now, don't laugh at that. He, he reads our minds. Some of you, you've been in and out of this service. The thing you're thinking about is eating. Kiki's, where do you think they're... Would you hurry up? They have a great buffet at noon. How many have been thinking that? Come on, just tell me. You've been thinking about food since you walked in this building. Come on. You guys out in the comments, put the stupid bagel down. No wonder. One day, God said to Joshua, as he was getting ready to take the people into the promised land, four times God said to Joshua, don't be afraid, don't be afraid, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. What was God doing? He was reading whose mind? Joshua's mind. He knew that he was fearful. Some of you have walked in this morning and you're fearful because of circumstances in your life. God's been reading your mind. Here's a word for you this morning. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. See, God knows our minds. He knows what we need. And Jesus read this mind of Simon. Now watch. The story he gives is a story about generous. Verse 41. Two people owed money to a certain money lender. Now this is not the car dealership that I opened with. This is a different situation. He's actually talking about the woman and Simon. But Simon doesn't get it. The woman will get it. Two people owed money to a certain money lender. One owed him 500 denarii, the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back, so he forgave the debts of both. Unexpectedly, this money lender showed grace and removed the debts from these two people. Each person went from hopeless bankruptcy to a new start in life. Obviously, they had an affection for the money lender. What a remarkable story. The woman's humility and generosity are an example for us in our relationship with Jesus. Pastor Mark shared about her boldness in her going to a place where she would not have been welcome so that she could give Jesus her gift. Hopefully this will be a reminder to us to be so willing to give to Jesus that we won't be concerned about what other people think of us or where it is we are when doing the giving. You've been listening to Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. 
Each day here on Lessons for Living, we share messages that Pastor Mark taught at the main campus in Melbourne. Maybe you're listening right now in Brevard County and you don't have a home church. And today's message was exactly what you were looking for. Join us for worship. We meet at the Melbourne and Vieira campuses on Saturday night at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. And those in the Sebastian area can join us Sunday mornings at 10.45 a.m. For more information, call us toll-free at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Or log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website. Next time, Pastor Mark will be continuing in the book of Luke, sharing more about Jesus' day-to-day life. He will be teaching more about God's gifts to us, specifically the gift of salvation. He'll be sharing the story of the sower, really the story of the soil, explaining what the different types of soil are and how those relate to us, what type of soil we should work on becoming. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through this series, Everyday Life of Jesus. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.